On this Feast of the Annunciation, we celebrate good news, the announcement of good news. Now the question is, will that good news be received and acted upon? In the Old Testament, the first reading sets out one answer, which is no, and that was Ahaz. Ahaz was in a desperate situation. He was king. He felt threatened by surrounding pagan nations. God knew that, and God spoke through the prophet Isaiah directly to Ahaz, asking Ahaz to ask for a sign. But Ahaz said, no, I will not put the Lord to the test. It sounded pious, but what he really had in mind, he had already made an alliance with the wicked pagan nation of Assyria. He trusted in Assyria as his defense rather than God. And so he said, no. Well, God was not to be outdone. He said, well, I will provide you a sign. If you don't ask for it, I'll give it anyway. And then we have that great prophecy in the first reading about a woman who will conceive and give birth to Emmanuel. Now, in the responsorial Psalm 40, the psalmist says, or at least prefigures, that this prophecy that was given in the first reading will indeed be received in the future and acted upon. The psalmist says, sacrifice and offering you do not desire, but you have given me an open ear. Then I said, here I am. I delight to do your will, O God. Your law is within my heart. So there's the psalmist giving his consent. But more than that, he says, I will act on that good news. In fact, I will share it. He says, I have told the glad news of deliverance in the great congregation. See, I have not restrained my lips, as you know, O Lord. I have spoken of your faithfulness and your salvation. So there's the psalmist receiving this good news, this prophecy, and proclaiming it. Then we come to the second reading from the letter to the Hebrews, having to do with Christ. Jesus is quoted, responding to his father, See, I have come to do your will, O God. There's the second person of the Trinity, willing to receive that good news from the Father who sent the Son into the world to save all humanity. And here's the consent. Then the author of the letter to the Hebrews goes on to say, it is by God's will that we have been sanctified through the offering of the body of Jesus Christ once and for all. So now we get to that tremendous gospel, Luke chapter 1, verse 26 to 38, and the angel Gabriel comes to the virgin and announces good news, and we have success. Mary is open, receptive to hearing this good news. The good news is hail, full of grace. Kari ketomene in the Greek, which means having been filled with grace, not just once, but ongoing, there's the Immaculate Conception. The Lord is with you, says the angel, and you will conceive in your womb and bear a son and name him Jesus, 
and he will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father David. And then we have that tremendous response by Mary. How can this be? She questions. She wants to know because she's already given a pledge of her virginity to the Lord. But she's open to that. She's open to this new revelation from God, and the angel says, the Holy Spirit will overshadow you. Therefore, the child will be born and called holy. He will be son of God, for nothing is impossible for God. Mary then gives her consent. How does this apply to us? In baptism, the Holy Spirit has overshadowed us, and we are receiving good news all the time. Every time we come to Mass, we hear the good news of the Gospel. And the same question is put to us. Will we hear, gratefully, receive, share the good news, and act upon it? Because we are called to give birth to Christ in our culture. Our culture needs to know about Jesus. And we have that responsibility and that great dignity and privilege. So on this solemnity of the Annunciation, may our hearts always be filled with joy because we're always receiving the good news with open ears. We're pondering it. How does this apply to me? And then we're sharing it. We're acting on it. And we, in fact, now are bearers of good news. And like Mary, who sang here Magnificat, we can sing the Magnificat in our hearts when we, in fact, follow the trajectory of the Blessed Virgin Mary today, tomorrow, for the rest of our lives.